Who dat? Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. Last night, we all sleepily watched the NFL kick off its 100th season in Chicago, and the Who Dat Dish podcast is here today with a special guest to preview how our New Orleans Saints and the entire NFC will turn out in 2019. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. Follow me on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore and the podcast page at the WDD podcast. My guest today is a familiar face, but not a regular guest enough. Joining us from Brooklyn, I'm pretty sure for the first time since April for pre-draft stuff. He's a fantastic podcast host of Grind Hours Podcast, which you can find on SoundCloud and his Twitter, not the fake Jake Leo, or sorry, not the fake Jay Leo. Um, I was on his podcast uh, pretty recently previewing uh, the NFL season on there for some NBA content as well. You guys should check that out. Uh, He also writes great blogs, uh, Basement Views. You can check that out as well. Um, on his Twitter. So please welcome back to the show, Joe Leo. Joe, man, the season is upon us. And what are you thinking right now going into the big Sunday of the year after we just got done with the first kickoff game of the 100th season and summer's coming to a close, falls right around the corner. Well, this time of the year, how excited are you? First off, what are you feeling? And, and, and welcome back to the show. I'm actually, I'm ready to not overreact to the Bears-Packers game last night because that's the throughout the years every single Friday after the first Thursday game whatever happens we completely blow it out of proportion I'm just ready to have more football so we can talk about it Mm. Mm. Um, I mean and I was a part of the the people overreacting and I put this out on Twitter is Chase Daniel really that much worse than Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, how much more do we have to see from Trubisky to understand that he doesn't have it? He is not. Mm. I don't think he's the answer in Chicago. I mean, we'll get into that as this podcast goes along, but I'm also extremely excited for, for my Jets, but we'll get to that on, uh, on the podcast that you and I are doing later. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that, and I agree with you. Mitch Trubisky is not the answer there in Chicago. They are, can, continue to get flamed for the move they made in 2017, especially with, of course, Mahomes and, and Watson right behind, uh, uh, and, 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 and they decided to go and trade up and go in a different direction, and it's not looking like it's in their favor. But you're absolutely right. You cannot overreact the Friday after the first Thursday night game, regardless of the who the two teams are. Um, I mean, a lot of people overreacted last year, Monday Night Football, game one of Sam Darnold's career, when, when it seemed like, um, I, I should say first play of the game, people started overreacting when, when the Lions got that pick six. Jets end up winning that game handily, um, and, and the season turned out okay for them. So overreacting on plays, overreacting on, on just one game, that's the mantra for, for NFL fans, and, uh, uh, it, it, we, we've learned in the past to stop doing that. So I, I 100% agree with you. Um, today we're going to talk about, of course, the NFC, but also our beloved New Orleans Saints. And I, I love having Joe on not only to just talk about the NFL as a whole, but to get an outside non-fan perspective of the New Orleans Saints. And that's where I actually want to start with today's episode. Um, I want to talk about how they'll fare in the season, how, how they'll finish out the regular season. They, they, they begin this Monday night, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, um, and they're playing a division winner from 2018. This, this is going to be a common theme for the first quarter of the, of the schedule for them. Play division winner Monday night in the Houston Texans. Then they go on a West Coast trip and play a division winner and a playoff team uh, in the L.A. Rams, and then they go up north and stay on the West Coast. They're going to be practicing at the University of Washington um, to face the Seattle Seahawks as well, who, of course, uh, made the playoffs last year, second place in the NFC West. And then they cap off the first quarter of their season at home on Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys, who were one of three teams to beat them last year. So, Joe, j- just just taking a peek at the first four games of the season, Houston Monday night, two ro- West Coast road trip games against playoff teams, cap it off Sunday night against Dallas, who was always scary to the Saints, can beat them whenever. Um, what are they going to do to stay afloat? Possibly even go three and one four and zero. By stay afloat, I mean I I, I think two and two five hundred there. Even though it's not exactly um, ideal, uh, I, I would call that surviving those four weeks due to how tough they are to open up the season. Some of the players will be missing, like Sheldon Rankins and David Onyemata. 
Um, but but and and of course the Saints curse with losing five straight season openers. Um, hopefully that, that, that curse is stopped on Monday, but what are they going to need to do to stay afloat and maybe even go three and one, four and oh in those first four games? Very, very tough opening schedule. I mean, even extended, they really don't have a cupcake game. I mean, I, I'm doing a, I'm actually putting out the over-unders, uh, article probably sometime today. Always great. They don't have a cupcake game until week eight against Arizona. I mm-hmm. mean, you extend that schedule, they have the Bucks at home, and then two straight road games and one scheduled loss at the Bears uh, in week seven. I, I think you're going to be really lucky if you come out 500. I think it's a no doubt they're going to beat the Texans on Monday night, but mm. that's just because the Texans have to get I think they're a sleeper team for sure. I mean, I I don't like the, the Panthers for me are stay away because of Cam's shoulder. I I'm not a believer at all in the Falcons this year. I'm buying. I'm selling all my stock, all my Falcon stock. I'm, I'm completely shorting them. I think they're going to have a drastically underperformed season this year. But yeah, I mean. There's a reason why there hasn't been a back-to-back division winner in this division for mm. as far as long as I can remember. But, well, besides the Saints doing it the past two years, yeah, it had been years and years. Uh, I think it literally had been about seven or eight years. Yeah. The NFL gives us the division winner schedules like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't... I, yeah. The biggest concern for me is Yeah, agreed. Because the Saints could easily be coming off of a, a loss in Seattle, possibly even a loss against Los Angeles. And now they got to play Sunday night, even though it's at home, against the Dallas Cowboys team, who has beaten them in the Dome before, whether whether they're undefeated, one of the best teams in the league, or not. Uh, Cowboys could have their number, so that worries me a lot, too. I, seriously, I don't know how you don't... You can, if you guys come out for an Alpermans, uh, start buying your Super Bowl tickets. I was, I, right, yeah. Start making the bets. Because that would be impressive. I, realistically, I see 1-4, 2-2. Two two. I, I, realistically, I do too. Because I think I think we drop one game against either LA or Seattle. I'd, I'd honestly... I wouldn't be surprised if it was Seattle instead of L.A. Because I think that we can prepare... No, the, the second straight, it's always and the same thing later on the schedule, especially going up north mm-hmm. to, uh, to Chicago, because October 20th, it right. very well might be in the 30s at that point yes. in Chicago. Yes. So, back-to-back road games yeah. are always scheduled losses. And if they're not scheduled losses, then, I mean, the home team just didn't show up. Right, or, really, or or they're extremely tough wins to grind out. Right. And... So, and, I mean, who knows, that Bears game, we just watched the Bears. Right. Again, I'm, I'm trying not to overreact, but that defense was really good, mm-hmm. and the offense just didn't show up. Again, it's right. only one game, but how much more do we need to see from Mitchell Trubisky? He yeah. did the exact same thing in the playoff game against... The Eagles last year, he was awful for, for, for the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see, but... Yeah. I mean, and you might, 
you know, I don't want to call a week five game a must win, but that Buccaneers game yeah. is as must win as you can get early in the season because of how tough the opponents are until you get to Arizona. And, I mean, you can breathe when you get to Arizona because you have Arizona five weeks and then a home game against the Falcons. That, yeah. That's the point in the season, and I think the NFL had to do this just to even out their schedule and not give them the worst schedule ever created. Right. Yeah, I think so too. And and the thing about the schedule too, which which by the way, let's go over the schedule. So after Sunday night against Dallas, Saints are going to be home again against uh, Tampa Bay, and then they're going to be on the road against Jacksonville, and then on the road the very next week, like you mentioned, against Chicago. So that's going into, you know, Florida, even though it's in um, October. Still, very nice weather down in Florida. Uh, uh, and then you're traveling up north, like you mentioned, to Chicago in the 30s. going to be cold. That's going to be a super tough stretch. And then home against Carol, um, uh, Arizona Cardinals. I think that that is a, again, that's, that's yeah, that, that, that's the easiest, all, pretty much cupcake game on the schedule. But then right after that, we host the Falcons. Um, and then that kicks off four it's division, a month of weekend, yeah, it's a month of four division games in a row. It's, it's absolutely great. Home against the Falcons. And then we conclude our season series against the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. And then week after that, it's uh, home against Carolina. And then it's Sunday night football four days later at Atlanta. Um, and that's all of the, all of those games I think are going to be Either either tough fought games or one, one one of those teams may I don't know if how they'll be in the season. The the only way those games aren't going to be tough for the team is if one of those teams has already fallen off the ledge at that point in the season. And and and, and we we already know how about because this division is going to be competitive and that that month stretch is going to be really tough. Uh, and then it's home against San Francisco. Who knows how they will be at that point in the season? Uh, but on paper, they're definitely looking better than last year. And with Jimmy G back. I mean, I mean that could be anything. I would not consider that a cupcake team. Um, and then you have the Colts and the Titans back to back Monday Night Football against uh, in the Dome against Indianapolis, and then um, six days later at Tennessee. Uh, so that game against Indianapolis, the Andrew Luck less Colts will be the final home game of the season for the Saints, and they cap off with two road games. Uh, week seventeen, yeah, as per usual, as it has been for the past few seasons, uh, uh, against Carolina in Carolina. Uh, the Saints will be playing to cap off 2019. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty tough schedule, honestly. I mean, um, granted, you have Jacksonville, who who did not do too well last year. Um, Tampa Bay, who who also you know they finished five and eleven, not 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 too great. Uh, San Francisco um, had the second overall pick. Indianapolis is without Andrew Luck. Um, but all these teams are are better than they were last year. I think I think besides Indianapolis, I think all these teams are better. They're getting healthy as well. Um, and based off of what we saw in Chicago, their defense is going to be coming after us. Um, and and that could be a game where the Saints are are, are just killed morale wise when they go into Chicago. Um, and and get absolutely destroyed. Drew Brees gets sacked a few times, and then you have a month of, of division games. That is gonna be a really tough stretch for this team. Um, I think that this schedule is it, when it when it first came out. Um, again, you look at you say, oh, it's the Cardinals. Oh, it's the the Titans towards the end of the season, and and, and it's the Colts who are, who are decent, but AFC team. Um, who who knows how the competition is gonna be? Now you look at the schedule, and it's like, yeah, I and, and like you mentioned, I definitely see why the NFL did this to to, to kind of. Um, test the Saints, so to speak, and then they got to test all the good teams. So um, interesting schedule, fairly tough schedule. And with that being said, um, we, we already talked about the biggest obstacles. So give me a floor record and a ceiling record for the Saints uh, based off of their schedule. What 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 is what is the best record you think they can finish with based off of their schedule and the teams? Uh, and what do you think the floor for them is? What do you what do you think is the absolute worst? That can minus minus any injury predictions. What do you think is the is, is the worst worst and best record they could come with? I think the the, the floor for this team is nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Just because of how difficult their schedule is. Uh, I, 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 wow, I can't talk. A game that 
I agree. And I I would also almost argue Jacksonville, even though I think they'll be better than they were last year. They're they're still a little suspect to me. I I, I think the that's Saints are, are, are man, they, 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 Say what you want about Trubisky. That's going to be and this is just complete outside bias. The, the dome team outside the dome. Mm. That's a You can already mark down two losses cuz one and again, we could both be dead wrong, and they could just sweep the first three games and go into right. the Cowboy game. Rams only and score like, three points again, you know, Seahawks. Right. Possible. We, we go into that Sunday Night Football game going, well, look at this juggernaut in, in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to come up on us like it did last year. I'm saying us being the NFL, the rest of the non-Saints fans. We're not going to look at New Orleans in week six and go, Oh my God, these guys are setting the world on fire. They're going to have a target on their back, especially since a lot of people, not just Saints fans, think they should have been representing the NFC last year in the Super Bowl. A lot of people think the same thing this year because of Breeze, because of Michael Thomas and another year of Kamara, and if they can get anything from Jared Cook. Plus the secondary that has another year together. This team is a really, really good team. I would. That's. And I'm kind of scared of saying the ceiling because that might be doing a disservice to this football team. Right. Um. And you know what, man? It's the the, the it's just the more I look at the schedule. The more I'm thinking about this division and how tough it's going to be, I first off my my floor for them was also nine and seven. I, I like like you were saying. I, I agree with that. I think I think it's very possible based off of if the offensive line deteriorates towards the back half of the season, like it did last year as well, both injury wise and um, just overall performance from you know guys like Andrews Pete who had to deal with injuries but still played through them and, and played fairly poorly. Drew Brees kind of looked pedestrian, human at times there towards the the back half of the of the year. If that happens again, there it's very possible it could happen earlier in the year against these good defenses. Jacksonville Jacksonville does have a good defense, uh, even even though I just mentioned I I think that that could should be a game that the Saints should win. They have a good defense. Tampa Bay and Carolina's defense got much better this off season as well. Atlanta's coming back healthy after the just just crazy injuries they had last year. Um, and of, of course, Chicago has, is, is most likely going to have a top two defense yet again this year. And the, the Houston Texans were also, and, and again, they're without Jadavion Clowney, but they were third in the league last year in, in uh, defensive run yards per game. So I, I think that that is something to mention too. So it is possible these defenses could hamper this offense to a point where the Saints start losing a, a couple of games in a row, and, and it's going to be hard to recover with a schedule like this. 
But I think realist. I think I think the realistic record the Saints are going to get. My prediction is eleven and five. I don't think that's their their ceiling. I think that realistically eleven and five because they they, they could definitely go two and two, even three and one uh, in those first four games. And then after that, uh, if they are three and one, I think that they end up splitting almost every division game. Or yeah, split splitting every division series, but every year they've swept. Uh, sorry, for the past two years, I should say they've swept at least one of the division teams. I don't think it's too far fetched to say that they could do that again. Um, it's going to be tough again. This division is, but if, if they end up splitting uh, two season series, that that puts them up to th- to three losses there, possibly four at the time, and then I do think they drop possibly one to. Um, uh, Chicago or or one of the um, uh, tail end games. I, I don't. I you know they could surprise because we weren't expecting them to lose to Tampa Bay last year. Um, to open up the season, so I'd be I I wouldn't be surprised if they end up just just absolutely blowing a game against Frisco, Indianapolis, or Tennessee. I know on paper that doesn't look realistic, but the Saints have proven before that they can lose those games when they're not careful. So I think eleven and five is realistic. Probably go two and two to start the, the the series. If they end up splitting the seasons all season series, that puts them at five losses right there. Uh, if not, then then I think that they'll get an extra loss somewhere. So I think eleven and five. I do think their ceiling is thirteen and three though, um, and and that's if they play absolute fire football. They have the edge rushers, uh, especially if Davenport molds into what we've seen him um, do in, in, in the first year and a half he's been in the or yeah year and a half he's been in the league. Um, I also think our, our secondary is continuing to get better because these guys are meshing together. We traded for Eli Apple in the middle of last season. He's finally familiar. Patrick Robinson is coming back from uh, his injury as well. And then we, of course, drafted two safeties to help out there. So I think, and of course, one of the best linebacking cores in the league when healthy. Um, so I think our defense is set. And our offense, as long as Drew Brees can, can spread the love some and our, our backup receivers can help take some of the pressure off of Michael Thomas to alleviate some of the double coverage he has, I think the offense is going to be just fine, and they can be one of the best, if not the best, in the league. So I think 13-3 and three is, is, is the ceiling for them. But I think 11-5 and five is what they're going to end up with. Uh, but 9-7, and seven, I think, is the floor for, for sure. I, I don't see them finishing anything below 500 or 500. Uh, but if they're 9-7, and seven, they're flirting with not making the playoffs at all. And that's how competitive this this NFC conference is, and that's actually what I want to get into right now. Um, it, it's top heavy conference. Uh, there's a lot of interesting teams and divisions. Um, NFC North, of course, uh, Packers, Bears. You got the Vikings in the mix as well. The Lions are always, you know, some sort of a dark horse team. NFC East is just filled with, I, I guess. I mean, they, they they have two most likely bad teams this year, and the Giants and the Redskins. But the, the Cowboys and the Eagles, I mean, they're going to be vying for a lot of spots. The, the the West is better than it was last year with Kyler Murray now exciting, but Seahawks and Rams are going to be competing for playoff spots. And then, of course, you have the South, which we've been talking about. So which division are you watching the most in 2019, Joe? Um, and, and with that being said, it doesn't have it definitely doesn't have to be the same one, but which division will be the toughest to win? I think a lot of people are sleeping on uh, Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles as the defensive coordinator. This is that system in Arizona was not to be stepped on. I mean, it was the tail end of Carson Palmer's career. They had prime Larry Fitzgerald. The defense was always one of the best in the league. They almost seemingly never lost a home game. It seemed like. Mm. No, I, it would be tough.
because how much more can we see from Matt Ryan and Julio Jones? They lost Devin Coleman. Mm-hmm. I'm not really high on Austin Hooper. That defense sure. is okay. And they're one of the teams that I'm actually betting the under this year because they're over-under eight and a half wins. They have, you thought the Saints schedule was bad. They play most of the division schedule weeks 9 through 13. They play, their schedule is at New Orleans, at Carolina, home against Tampa Bay, home against New Orleans, home against Carolina. Crazy. That's insane. That's over, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's five of the six division games right there. Right in a row. Right in a row, yep. Five weeks in a row. Straight up division. That's your season right there. Yep. That's yep. Atlanta's season is weeks nine through thirteen. And they so, could go they could go into that stretch being three and four, four and three, but they're hoping obviously for five and two, six and one type thing, but yeah, because if 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 they're three and four entering that week, it's gonna be mentally tough for them to overcome some of those games and it could spell trouble, so that's 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 something to watch. Oh, by the way, week seven they play uh, they play the Rams at home. Oh gosh! And then Seattle at home. So the, the games yeah. leading up to that are, are, are even harder. So we'll see. We'll really see. Mm. I, I really am betting the under this year for for Atlanta. The, the the South being pitted against the West in the NFC this year for for the schedule makes for a lot of interesting and tough games, and I, and I love it. Yeah. I would say that the hardest division to win in the NFC has to be the NFC West because mm. I, unless it's an absolute disaster in L.A., the Rams are winning this division. Yeah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think... Seattle's going to have a really good year. I really like what they have there. I'm really high on Tyler Lockett this year. If you're, if you're in fantasy, he's going to be probably in every single one of my daily fantasy lineups unless they're playing an absolute. Just, he might be in my lineup every week except when they play the Rams because or uh, the, the Saints because he has to deal with Lattimore. <laughs> there you go. Yep. So, but. That's how much I really like Tyler Lockett. I didn't yeah. get drafted in any of my leagues this year. But, yeah. Is that who I tried to trade for in our league? Lockett? Who did I try to trade? Oh, no, I tried to trade Cooper Cup from you in our league, right? That's yeah, right. Yeah, you tried to snag Cooper Cup. From yes. Me and I'm holding Cooper Smart. Cup close to the best. Smart of you to do that. Um, I, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, based off of who's actually probably going to win the division, I think the West is going to be the toughest to truly win. But I think the most competitive division is going to be the North. Um, and I mean, we saw it last night, e- e- even though, Make your case. Seriously. so, so even though, I mean, last, last night we saw how competitive the games can be period, even though they were low scoring affairs, it was 10 to three. Uh, and even though all the sacks happened in the first two and a half quarters, the Bears still got to, uh, Aaron Rodgers five times, but he was still able to be mobile, be himself and, and end up winning the game for them. So if the Bears are able to do that on defense to a lot of teams, the Packers' defense looked much improved, and if the Bears are going to be going up against some some lesser defenses, which they will be, uh, they're going to be able to score more than just three points. They're going to be able to win some games. So I think that the Bears and Packers, due to their uh, improved defense, are going to be vying for a spot. You also throw in the Vikings, who have one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver duel in the league. Uh, you have Dalvin Cook, who can be a workhorse back for you, but he's dealt with injuries. Uh, and but uh, head coach Mike Zimmerman, he's he's been there for a few. He has a lot under his belt. He knows the scheme. Kirk Cousins, another, uh, or he has a full year under his belt with this offense. And he, it's not like he had a bad year last year either. Uh, he, he he had a fairly decent year throwing the ball. He just wasn't able to win the games. Now, the defense for the Vikings is is not as impressive as I think a lot of people think. I think their secondary is great. Other than that, luckily they were able to retain Anthony Barr. Sorry about that, by the way. Uh, because he's really their, he really he's their best pass rusher, uh, and 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 he's gonna be, he's gonna be an important piece there in the front seven for them. But I think all three of those guys are gonna be competing for a division spot. Um, I actually have two of those teams making it into the playoffs. I almost threw in three. I almost threw in a third NFC North team to make the playoffs because I think that's how competitive it will be. 
And I don't think the Lions, even though they don't really have much going on uh, wide receiver-wise, I mean, it's kind of, you know, you got Kenny Galladay, impressive guy, um, and then Marvin Jones. But uh, other than those guys, you're going to be relying a lot on TJ Hawkinson and, and Carrion Johnson, two talented guys. But you're still going to have to rely on non-receivers there on a pedestrian offensive line. But spent a lot of money on defense, getting Trey Flowers, uh, Matt Patricia, of course. Uh, I don't think he's really worked out to be a head coach in the NFL. Um, he could change my mind this year, but I definitely think his defensive mind is great. So that could pay off for the Lions. So they might possibly be a sleeper team. So that's my case for the NFC North. I think I think three of the four teams are going to be competing, and the fourth one is going to be at least decent. So I I, I, th- I think it's going to be the most competitive, toughest to, to pull out and win. I don't see it at all. You don't see it? No? Kirk Cousins has picked up his 10 poles, and he has made the Minnesota Vikings the new Washington Redskins, which is a oh team boy. of absolute mediocrity. Uh, as much as I love Kirk Cousins, and as much as I wanted him to be the Jets quarterback, he's just shown that he is He'll win you games in the regular season, but when it actually matters, he's going to cower in the corner and not show up. I mean, how many times? He did it in Chicago when they absolutely had to win. He threw the game away on the final drive. And he's a great fantasy quarterback, but he's not hes not an actual quarterback. Hmm. And the Lions. I have the Lions winning four games this year. Oh, wow. You, I think I think they can get to I mean, seven. They play the NFC East in the uh, that's the division they have in the NFC. So you have to play Philadelphia, who I really like, in Philly. That's mm. an automatic loss. That's tough for sure. You have to play Dallas, who's always going to be frisky. True, and but then you play Washington in 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 New York. I, I think they'll beat the Giants. Um, I mean, both teams threw a bunch of money at a defensive free agent this, this off season. Um, but I, I would say their quarterback situation is, is better, but I think, I think they're, I think their secondary's better. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. No, that's yeah. That's First, a lot her. to put on personally, and then you got to lace them up on the football field and go, okay, let's win some games with a pedestrian offensive line and not really many weapons. Yeah. You also got to go at Denver. You got to go to Oakland. I mean, who knows what Oakland's going to be with the whole AB controversy? Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. No, definitely, definitely tougher schedule, but I don't know. I I, I see something in the lines. I think I think they can they can walk away with 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 six or seven wins. Their over under is six and a half. Yeah, I would take. So I'm going for, I think they're going to be a lottery team in four and twelve. I would take even. I'd take six and a half wins for the Lions. I mean, like I I think they okay. will win. No, I don't. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I think they will win exactly six and a half games, Joe. <laughs> I'm taking the even on that. That's <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like pull Avante Davis halfway through, just bounce, but take the W. Oh, it wasn't even at halftime. It was just one quarter. No, he played. He played the first quarter. Good lord, good lord, even worse. Wild. Yeah, that was it was it was the Bills. People forgot a lot about what happened with them, but um so yeah, I but I do think the NFC West due to due to the Rams probably most likely pulling away there. Toughest to win, but give me the two or three of the worst teams that are going to come out of the conference. Give me two or three sleeper teams as well who you think can surprise people and and I I'm guessing Tampa Bay is one of your sleeper teams for sure and I agree with you. I think I mean they have such a high power offense. 
with Mike Evans there, Jameis Winston can sling the ball. Peyton Barber's figuring things out. Ronald Jones is his backup. I mean, they can sling. They 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 have led the league in passing yards multiple times in the past few years, and including last season, just strictly passing yards. Uh, so yeah, g- give me give me a couple of uh uh the the, the worst teams you think will finish in twenty nineteen, and give me a couple of uh, sleeper teams. College reject. So, I, I mean, I think they're going to be one of the top five worst teams. I really like Seattle. Uh, I don't think that's a sleeper. If San Francisco can figure out Jimmy G, mm-hmm. Jimmy G looked awful in the preseason. Yeah. Which was in the preseason. I, uh, I mean, I've, I've uh, nicknamed the first four weeks of the regular season the extended preseason because that's really when everybody figures it everything out and they just don't give two craps about the preseason but if San Francisco could figure out whatever happened to, to Jimmy G that offense is massively explosive mm-hmm. Kevin Coleman I mean please you don't gotta, I don't gotta tell you about Kevin Coleman he gave you guys night yep yep I just remembered him too. Yeah, yeah, that was a good get. Exactly. Um, no, that's those are all really good points. Um, and actually, let's let's get into the playoffs. Who, how we think the seeding will go? First off, my uh, I think worst teams are going to be things to be uh, the Giants for sure, no doubt about that. I think the Redskins and and, and Cardinals are going to be vying for the worst as well, just because I mean rookie head coach there for for Arizona. I don't care who the number one draft pick you got; it's going to be tough to uh, figure out a team who went who who just did so poorly. 
a season ago uh, who also had a first-year head coach, and then you just change shop again. So um, I think it's going to be Cardinals and, and Giants, the two worst. Um, I think the sleeper teams, I agree with you. I think Tampa Bay is going to be one of them. Uh, I don't know if you consider Green Bay a sleeper team, but I think a lot of people were talking about Chicago a lot more this season than Green Bay. Um, but I think that they're going to end up winning the division over Chicago, and I, I, I had this down even before last night's game. Um and then uh, I don't know if uh, yeah I, I think I agree with you I think San Francisco could definitely be a sleeper team is going to take going to take a lot for them to uh, kind of make that necessary step but it is possible for them to be a sleeper team and other than that I don't I don't really see any other sleeper team coming out of the out of the NFC so to speak even, not even the Lions uh, even the, I I don't think they'll really be vying for a for a playoff spot just just a few more wins than projected but. Let's go over yeah, our sixteen seeded playoff spot. So I, I'll actually go first. I want to see if if ours match up at all. Um, I these are my four division winners in order: seeds one through four. Saints one in the south. I got the Eagles one in the east. I got the Rams one in the west. I think I think that's fairly fairly even now. And I have the Packers winning the north as as the final division winner, the fourth seed. And my two wild card guys. I didn't want to put them in here, but I think. With again the injuries uh, or the guys coming back from injuries benefiting them, uh, playing in a dome eight games out of the year, and also uh, a, a consistent head coach, consistent quarterback, and fairly consistent uh, uh, supporting pieces around them. I think the Falcons are going to take a wild card spot. I have them as the fifth seed, and then um, I love their defense too much. Even though I don't think Trubisky is the answer, that offense did not look as good. They were able to get a three seed last year with just about the same offense, same type of quarterback, um, and and this defense is just absolutely great. So I have the Bears making it as the sixth and final seed in the NFC playoffs in 2019. Joe, what do you have? What's your list looking like? Our four division winners are the same, and one Great. last thing on the Packers while we're here. Please don't overhype Matt LaFleur. Oh, no, I trust me. No, his play I'm calling giving, was... I'm giving, I'm giving the warning out to everybody. Yeah, please, yeah. Just please don't overhype Matt LaFleur. Agreed. Matt Nagy, when he was the same thing last year, he's offensive genius. Look at what he's, what he's doing with the electric quarterback now. He does have Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, but... He's in a very winnable, he's in not an easy division, but a winnable division. There's only really one team in that division, and they just beat him last night. Mm-hmm. On the road. The next time they play him, it's in their building. So, I think this is the Packers' division to lose, especially after last night. And that's my piece on the Packers. But my two other wildcard teams are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm adopting them this year as my team. And I really like what the Seahawks went out with. They got Jadavion Clowney to basically nothing. And the trade Mm. makes zero, literally zero sense. The trade that they got for... uh, Right. I have I have I have confidence in them too. 
Especially Pete Carroll's still there. Um, but who was the other wild card team? My bad. Seahawks and who? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, of course. Yeah, that's right. Which my, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, I like which. Hey, I I I don't. I think people are underestimating what Arians can do with Winston, and also that defense I is just going to be better. Too. Yeah, yeah. We can be week ten, and they can be one of the worst teams in football, and everyone looks at me like, oh yeah, I thought Tampa Bay was going to be this thing. Like, sure, but I could be it happens almost every year where people hype up Tampa Bay. But this could be the year. Yeah, it, it seems like every, it seems like every year of this decade, every except for last year, people looked at Tampa Bay and go, you know who could be a really frisky sleeper team? Tampa. Right. And yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're one of the, the fans of the Cardinals, the Giants, the Bengals, or the Dolphins, just watch a couple of uh, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game on the red zone uh, because they're going to be on the red zone a lot this year I think because again I, I'm buying an eye on them just watch them on the red zone if you, if, if you have the ticket why, just tune into the uh, to the Bucks games all year long because they're going to be competitive as hell yep 100% um, yeah the Bucks are always exciting and interesting and you you never know what you're going to get with them so and that's why it's so tough to play with the play with them in the same division um okay so before we head off on this podcast it's been a lot of fun great talking uh who wins the conference and why who who really is the most complete team who can make it through these playoffs and and, and reach it to the Super Bowl Joe who are you who are you thinking it's tough first off it's tough talking about see that i definitely see that they have they have all the tools everywhere they needed and the best defensive player in the in the game right now and aaron donald so um yeah i'm going to win mvp if they if they go like 14 and 2 he might be the first defensive player yeah and god knows how long to win the mvp award yeah who was the last defensive player was it lawrence taylor Uh, or was it after it it might it might have it might have literally been that long ago Probably was. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. He's the anchor to that defense. He changes almost everything. I, I I'm going with the Saints to win this division. I think, or sorry, to win this conference. I think that even if they do look kind of pedestrian in the past five or six games of the season, like they have last couple of years after putting on great midseason win streaks, I still think that they're going to turn it up in the playoffs. They're going to get home field advantage. I think that they're going to be the team to beat in the NFC, possibly in the entire NFL, but it's going to be really important to get out to a good start in those first four games and combat those back-to-back road games. Um, tough schedule. 
uh, like we were talking about earlier in the podcast, um, and that could definitely do them in. And and, and if it does, I, I look at Philadelphia and, and the L.A. Rams to make it out of the division. I think I think Philly is both underrated and overrated, in a sense, right? If Carson Wentz plays the way that he... Maybe maybe that's maybe maybe it just balances out then because I, I I feel like they're they're just about properly rated then if if I look at everything because I think some people are overrating them. Exactly, exactly, and and even though the Saints have a little bit of bad bad blood with the Eagles, I still love them. I think they're a great team. I love Doug Peterson as a head coach. I think he's the, he's one of the most underrated. He he rarely gets talked about. I think he's a great head coach. Wentz is a great quarterback. Traded for Jordan Howard. They tried to trade for Melvin Gordon, so they're obviously trying to surround uh, Wentz with more weapons there in the backfield. They drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, one of the best, if not the best, contested catch guy in the entire... Did you steal him from me? In our draft, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, yeah, he was He was my number one rookie draft pick. Sleepers. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a sleeper man. He's a sleeper. Um, and then everything you said about the Rams is spot on, especially there on that defense. So, thank you for joining us today, Joe. On the uh, podcast it was a lot of fun. I'll be hopping on yours here soon to preview the AFC. So you guys be sure to check that out on SoundCloud Grind Hours Podcast. Joe, I'll throw it off to you if you want to plug away anything you want the people to find you at. I mean, you just to read. Reiterate what you said at the beginning of the podcast, not to fake Jay Leo on Twitter, jdennisforce.blogspot.com. For my blog, I have my week one pick and the over-under for 2018 coming out today. Nice. I have some, an MLB MVP race piece that's coming out next week. Uh, and my podcast, which they will be hopping on in a matter of minutes here. Uh, the Grind Hours podcast, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Fantastic stuff. Thank you again for joining. And guys, also be sure to go to uh, Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars. Also be sure to go to uh, whodatdish.com for articles and allsaintsconsidered.com to check out some of the articles. I'll be dropping. There's already one out there going over the depth charts for the Saints and the rest of the NFC South. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, who dat?